I'd like to welcome all of our listeners to the fifth installment of the Exploring Unbound podcast. With us once again is Father Boniface Hicks, who is a Benedictine monk at St. Vincent Arch Abbey and also works in Catholic Radio at WAOB. We are One Body Radio and is our Pittsburgh, Greensburg, Unbound Teams chaplain. My name's Terry, and we will be with you today sharing some more insight about Unbound Prayer and ministering the Unbound Prayer model as taught by Neil Lozano in his book Unbound and in his Unbound Freedom in Christ conferences. Welcome, Father Boniface. It's great to be back with you today. You too, Terry. Thanks for setting this up and making this possible. You're very welcome. Well, last time we were talking about spiritual bondage, and I think some of the things that we talked about and discussed, maybe we didn't clarify a couple things really well. And you talked a little bit of really excellent ideas about consolation and desolation and the discernment of spirits from St. Ignatius of Loyola. But listening to it later, I thought maybe we weren't really clear about just the fact that consolation and desolation are cyclical in both normal states for Christians to be in. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's spiritual life will have, even in a single day, perhaps, uh, times of consolation and desolation. That's exactly right. So much of the time we're at equilibrium. In fact, Pope Francis has said consolation is like oxygen. So he really sees it as being something so essential. And he says that that low-grade consolation, which is peace. And as we live the Christian life, we do have a, a deepening sense of peace and trust. And we, we get a little less rattled by things. We turn to the Lord more readily. And we have that kind of low-grade consistent peace. Well, that's a form of spiritual consolation, but sometimes that really gets rattled. And when that gets rattled, we start to see where the thin parts are in us. It's like when you you shine a light on a piece of construction paper or something like that. You really see the fibers in the paper. You see where the light kind of shines through and then you see the fibers that are there and, and you really get a better sense. Well, when we face desolation, we start to see where the thin places are in our, in our souls and our hearts and where some of the emotional you know, weaknesses might be, where we're a little bit more susceptible to temptation, to attack. And, and that's where you know, the enemy is kind of pressing in in those times of desolation. And it, but, but it doesn't mean that we, we've done anything wrong to be in desolation. That's exactly right. It's just a normal part of our spiritual progress. Yep, yep. Um, another thing that we talked about that I thought about later, we were talking about how sin is really bad and it could open us up to influence of the devil and, and demons and whatnot. And we, we were talking about how the people in the camp that are progressing toward God and the people who aren't and, you know, the two camps or whatever you talked about. And you had said, like, don't worry that you're even you know, you didn't even like to confuse people about that, you know, that it was like Hitler and people that are really, really, really bad. And, you know, later on, I thought about it and I thought, I, I realized why I was so fascinated with it is because 
you said that people who are listening to this podcast are all in the camp where they're going more toward God, which is true. But I was thinking about like those of us who are still very much in the world <laughs> have family members, especially parents who are trying to guide their children. And there's other people in our lives who I think I gained a lot of insight into the people around me in the world just by realizing that they're they're being influenced and just how to help them and and help to guide my children who may or may not be spiritual or you know people that are surrounding us I, I, that was something that really kind of dawned on me after I, while I was listening to it yeah, that's right. Uh, certainly that those categories do apply to some people. As I said before, I uh, know that our listeners are generally uh, almost exclusively in the one category. Sometimes I've seen people try to over-apply those categories and go, oh gosh, maybe I just flipped from this to that and now things are, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and we shouldn't worry about that. You know, we're on, no, we're no. on a general progression. But, right. but you're right in the sense that, you know, there are some other people who... Um, as as people start to commit themselves to making more evil decisions, you can start to get a rush out of like, why well, you you know you lifted a little bit of money, skimmed a little money off the top at work, and then it, that provides a little almost like a consolation, and then you did a little bit more, and and that provides you know more energy. There's kind of an excitement there. There's something happening there. You, you do the risky thing and go to a party and use some drugs and, you know, and that moves you from, from one into one thing or the next. And uh, so. Well, I uh, guess you were talking about like, it had to be a really evil person like Hitler, but, you know, I was thinking there's a big swath of people in our lives right now, at least many of us who are atheists they're definitely not moving any closer to God because they don't believe in God. They're not Hitler or anything, but they may not be actually trying to develop their relationship with God. Well, speaking as a former atheist, <laughs> I can tell you that I was also not moving from mortal sin to mortal sin. So an atheist that's trying to be good is different than somebody who just doesn't care, right? Somebody who is really making mortal sin, evil decisions, a regular part of their life. Yeah. Oh, okay. We were talking about how some people have wounds of the heart and their woundedness and their reaction to those wounds weakens us. There, there are those little weak spots. And Something that someone said one time I found really fascinating that the Blessed Mother was wounded by watching her son suffer and, and his passions and her heart was pierced with a sword, but she did not have woundedness. And I thought that was just fascinating that the kind of woundedness that comes to us and then becomes an occasion to have bondages, emotional or spiritual bondages, I thought that was really, really uh, beautiful. Where were you reading that? We were talking about that? No. Um, actually, I think I heard, I heard it in a sermon one time or in a talk. 
but uh, I just thought it was really something. Yeah, it's sort of using the same word in two different ways. I mean, Our Lady's wounds, as her heart was pierced by a sword, and, and certainly out of love, she uh, suffered greatly uh, for her son as she continues to suffer for us. But she continues to trust in those in those wounds. And, and, and I think you could probably say that those wounds are just as much a vulnerability for her to uh, end up in spiritual bondage as they are for us. In other words, uh, the problem is not the wound itself, but more how we respond to those wounds. And it's, it's really about the response. And that's what Neil focuses on quite a bit as well. So Our Lady doesn't try to cover up her wounds in her own uh, defenses of various sorts. She, she keeps those wounds, the suffering of love, uh, her vulnerability and the attacks of the enemy, the way that she was betrayed and uh, all of those things. She keeps that open to the Lord. And so her response is, is always that loving trust. Uh, our response, and it's not necessarily a willed uh, deficiency on our part. Sometimes we were little children when we experienced these wounds and we didn't have a lot of resources to work with. So it's not like we necessarily responded in a sinful way, but we developed a pattern in our responses that, that may lead to some bondage that the enemy, you know, found some buttons that he could keep pushing in us. But Our Lady with her sinlessness always responded just like the Lord did. The Lord was obviously tremendously wounded and the Lord was afflicted in every way by the devil. Um, but his response was always in that open trust in the Lord. He made, he, he remained uh, vulnerable and open. So our response is really the, the key thing that we're focusing on. And that's what we do that in unbound ministry too. We, we do find some, some wounds, but we don't find them for the sake of finding wounds. We find them for the sake of tracking responses, tracking that bondage starting from what we're experiencing now. Again, that's always the initial question for Unbound. What's holding you back now? What are you struggling with now? Well, struggling with a, uh, overeating, or I'm struggling with a outbursts of anger. I'm struggling with a, a kind of procrastination, or I'm struggling with, anyway, these kind of different defenses. Well, how did that pattern start in your life? When did you initially have that response? Well, and then often we'll kind of trace that back and there'll be some wound in there you know, that we, that we get back to and that, that woundedness uh, led to some pattern of response. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice point to bring out that we can be wounded even very much, but still have a response of loving openness and trust in divine grace. Yeah. It just seems like a couple things that, that have helped me along the, the way, of course, unbound is huge in that also, some reading that I was doing at the same time um, really, really helped. I read, you know, a lot of St. Francis de Sales during this time period when I was feeling really low. And it was just incredible. And Father Jacques Philippe as well. Those two authors really spoke to my heart and really gave me peace. And it, it really dovetailed so amazingly with Unbound. I'm going to ask you, uh, Terry, if you can identify some characteristics in those writers 
from what I know of those writers, let me just offer a, an observation, and then I want to hear also what your observations were. But um, both of those, St. Francis de Sales and Father Jacques Philippe, are profoundly gentle and so reverent toward human weakness and really present a face of God, which is so merciful. Yes. And, and I think that Unbound really does take up that approach. Neil, Neil promotes that in such a beautiful way, a very gentle approach of steady accompaniment, listening, letting the person share their story, helping them see how their story is part of the divine story, showing them that there's freedom and then helping them kind of claim that freedom. And I think uh, those are two great authors. I certainly warmly recommend them to anybody, especially people who, you know, maybe need a little, I guess we all really need a lot of mercy and gentleness, but uh, they're, they're two real masters of mercy and gentleness. Right. Yeah. The St. Francis de Sales, I read an introduction to the devout life and some of the things in there, I'm trying to think if it was before Unbound or after a lot of this time period was after my mom had passed away and some issues with the family and different things and uh, a lot of pain, a lot of a lot of hurtful things. And um, I just needed peace. I needed to find peace. And uh, an introduction to the devout life. You know, growing up in an Italian family that was kind of loud and yelled and, you know, and and I read, I actually have uh, some quotes here that I, I gathered, um, do everything calmly and peacefully, never be in a, in a hurry, do everything quietly and in a calm spirit, do not lose your inner peace for anything whatsoever, even if your whole world seems quite upset. and that was something totally different. It's almost seen in the modern society, like to be passionate about something, you know, is really a good thing. But this is like the total opposite, like in maybe interior passion, but doing it calmly and peacefully and quietly in a calm spirit. It was just something that really opened me up to a different idea. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's really what the Lord wants for us. I I love that phrase. I use it quite often about not losing your peace for anything. And as I said, Pope Francis pointed out that low grade consolation of peace, which is like oxygen. I mean, we just need that to live, to breathe uh, in the spiritual life. And, and it's where we're not able to kind of keep our peace. It's where we really get knocked out of that. Now, again, there are desolations that come. And as you pointed out earlier, that's a, that's a natural part of the spiritual life. But when I'm really, I, I really get hooked and I'm regularly getting held back and I'm in situations that I can't keep my peace, I'm really losing it uh, and, and making decisions that I, that I regret, that there's a real bondage there. Now, that's a place where we need some freedom and it's worth focusing some attention on that. And, and Unbound really gives us a model for doing that, focusing right. some attention on those areas where I'm losing my peace, where I'm not living in that way that St. Francis de Sales described and uh, really getting held back. And, and again, there's some of my own patterns of behavior. There's some things I've taken on. Sometimes there are some root 
causes of that where I need some forgiveness. And evil spirits also have a way of, of agitating, pressing in on those things and uh, irritating. And we can end up letting those things buzz around us for too long. You know, it's like walking with your head in a, in a, a swarm of gnats, you know, it just they get in your eyes and they get in your ears. And at some point you got to just say, what, why am I walking with my head in a swarm of gnats? I mean, <laughs> just stop that. <laughs> Renounce those things. And yeah, you just have to yeah. take a little frontal assault there. And, and another, another quote, don't get upset with your imperfections. Mm. It's a great mistake because it leads nowhere to get mm. angry because you're angry, upset at being upset, depressed at being depressed disappointed because you are disappointed. So don't fool yourself. Simply surrender to the power of God's love, which is always greater than our weakness. I thought that was, I mean, the insights just really were a part of my interior conversion, really. And then, like I said, it's, it's it's a lot of, kind of like points out some of the some of the lies and some of the the things that upset us that it gives us examples of when we lose our peace and how we do this it just it's a it's of the devil it's of the evil one he doesn't come out and say that but it talks about it very clearly here yeah absolutely that was the introduction to the devout life that last quote i think i think that it was from that that's beautiful yeah yeah, that's where the Lord wants us to be. And he has the grace for us to, to help bring us there. And if we're finding ourselves getting stuck now, as you said, as quoting St. Francis de Sales, you know, to accept our imperfections. I always like to quote from St. Therese who said, part of being little means not getting upset at our weaknesses. Little children fall often, but because they're little, they don't hurt themselves so much. You know, when we get upset at our we, our imperfections, it's really, it's often a manifestation of pride. We think I'm, you know, I ought to be better than this. Uh, this is, these imperfections are beneath me. Well, right. <laughs> who are you? Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're all struggling with imperfections. My goodness. Exactly. But, you know, I think that's the default. <laughs> that's kind of like the default mode, you know? I think people just have, that's the natural tendency to think that, don't you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, how could I have done this? You know? Yeah. Yeah, we can be so hard on ourselves. And, and that's, again, uh, Neil likes to point out the perfectionism, often going together with self-justification and how easily we can fall into that that pattern of trying to justify ourselves, trying to justify our, uh, our behaviors, our failures. And uh, we can be really hard on ourselves and we can make a lot of excuses for ourselves. And at the end of the day, it's a lot easier just to say, sinner, failure, weak, imperfect, uh, got a lot of work to do, loved by God, his mercy makes it possible. There's hope because he's with me. Right. And to, st- to focus more on him than we focus on ourselves. Right. And so again, just some, some areas of bondage that uh, we certainly help people in Unbound to find some freedom from, just to take stock of that and say, why are you, why are you being so hard on yourself? 
is there a lie in there? Like I have to do everything that if I don't do it, nobody will do it. If I'm perfect, if I'm okay, then everything will be okay. Are you putting a lot of pressure on yourself or um, do you feel like you have to be perfect and then justify every, every mistake or justify everything you're doing? You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of pressure and much better to, to place your trust, trust in God. And so can really help. And sometimes those things go back to, you know, I mean, foundational relationships and can I always feel like we're, we're blaming parents for everything. And that's certainly not the case, but, you know, just certain incidents, a lot of times, uh, you know, at age eight or something like that, when my dad came in and, you know, was really upset, really, he was upset about his own stuff, but he spoke that out to me, you know, why didn't you put all this stuff away? Why'd you leave all the stuff all over the yard? And for some reason, I'm vulnerable to that. And I take that to heart and it de- develops this fear in me. And I make this kind of inner vow, like I'll never do anything that'll make him upset again. And I, I sort of form that in myself and I can end up living that pattern out for a long time. And sometimes it's just the little, the interview session in, in an unbound prayer time that helps me realize, wow, I've been trying to keep my dad happy for the last 35 years, you know, and I I don't even live with my dad. (laughs) (laughs) I need to forgive my dad, you know, and, and I need to renounce that lie. And I need to repent of my own thing, which was putting a lot of pressure on myself and and taking it on myself. And, you know, maybe uh, renounce some of those, those patterns in my life. And uh, wow, I start to find some freedom in doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. Unbound plays such a huge part in my life and reading these, these books and then going through the unbound and, and letting the Holy spirit work and letting God, the father touch my heart in that way, accepting his blessings, you know, it all just sort of worked together, knowing the concepts from these beautiful writings and then dovetailing with the power of God, it just becomes more solidified, you know? Yeah, that's right. It's a, again, I always like how Neil says, you know, it's just a practical application of the gospel to my life. So we make these really big claims in the gospel. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came, but did Jesus come for me? to save me from my sins. Well, what sins in particular? He, did he come to set me free? Well, to set me free from what? And Unbound just gives us, especially through the interview and uh, with the help of somebody who knows some of the patterns that tend to form, helps me to put my finger on, what do I need to be set free from? Where do I need freedom in my life? How does the gospel apply to my life? And how can I find some freedom in that? And so... Yeah, and it helps to apply the grace of God in particular to me. And I've mentioned those three main keys that we use a lot, repentance and faith, forgiveness and renunciation. But you just mentioned, you know, seeing the Father's love. And of course, that's the kind of great fruit of Unbound, that having removed some of the obstacles that we're in a place that we can really hear the Father's love for me in particular in my life, in my circumstances, in my struggles, in, in my sinfulness, 
the Father still sees me and he loves me personally and unconditionally. And I can hear that because it's being spoken again in a very personalized way into my life after some of those obstacles have been removed. Yes. Yeah. Here's another quote. This is from uh, Jacques Philippe, Searching for and Maintaining Peace was the name of the book that I read right after right after i read saint francis de sales Mm. consider the surface of a lake above which the sun is shining if the surface of the lake is peaceful and tranquil the sun will be reflected in this lake and the more peaceful the lake the more perfectly it will be reflected if on the contrary the surface of the lake is agitated undulating then the image of the sun cannot be reflected in it. It's a little bit like this with regard to our soul and relationship to God. The more our soul is peaceful and tranquil, the more God is reflected in it. The more his image expresses itself in us, the more his grace acts through us. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Really want to be that tranquil lake that God can reflect Perfectly yeah. off of us, not troubled waters. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's, uh, for some of us, <laughs> it's a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, these should be heard as promises and goals, not standards by which we condemn ourselves. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, if you, if you don't find that your soul is a, a, a tranquil lake all the time, uh, well, don't accept that as, uh, as your lot in life. Nobody is doomed to have an eternally troubled soul. We are meant to have those, those times of peace, and that's a beautiful description. But that's something that we work toward and we pray for. And again, um, Unbound can be a helpful tool for that. Oh, right. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is something that now that I know it, I could live it out every moment. Right, right. You know, yep. but it's, at least I know I'm supposed to be striving for it. That's right. Yep. Before, I didn't even know that was part of the goal. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, it all just works together in like a, like a beautiful tapestry. The things you learn are in your head. And then the, the prayers you make and the going through Unbound. And it, it all just weaves together and helps you to solidify that in your life it, it it locks it more into place to actually read the spiritual readings and and get something into your mind so that you don't forget once you get the freedom and experience that freedom then now you've got something more in there to to remind you i guess mm-hmm. yeah. but i just want to highlight uh, something that you you brought out terry and what I hear from you know our discussion today is that Unbound, of course, is a relatively new model. I mean, I think just around the year 2000, a little before, uh, Neil kind of put the pieces together and he made it so that it's a, a model that's easy to learn, easy to duplicate, easy for others to, to learn and to lead, uh, lead people in. But it's not a new d- discovery or something like that. It really 
moves in continuity with the great spiritual masters, Francis de Sales, a doctor of the church, and then a modern spiritual writer with a beautiful soul, Father Jacques Philippe. And uh, some of the, the goals that they present to us are, are the kinds of things that, that Unbound is meant to, to foster as well. So, um, and certainly Unbound should not be the, the sole content of someone's spiritual life, you know, and, and doing this additional reading will help to reinforce and to resonate the message of, of Unbound for those who have received it and are trying to continue growing in, in faith and holiness. Good. You're right, Father. Well, thank you so much for being with us again today. And please bless us, Father, to end our time together. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this time together and for all of the wisdom that you have imparted to us and so many great writers and and also through the, the Unbound model. Help us to continue taking in your goal for our lives, which is tranquility and peace, freedom that opens up to love of you and love of our neighbor. Help all of our listeners to take in that wisdom, the wisdom that you offer. May you pour out your blessing upon us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Terry. <laughs>